All right, and welcome to another episode of Observe and Report. I don't want to put out the the, the number of no, the episode because we I... have been wrong so many times <laughs> yes, in the past. <laughs> Thank you for sticking through it with, a, with that horrible mistake. Yeah. We are your hosts. My name is Jason Simmons. Across from me is Jack Smith. Hello. This is Observe and Report, the show where we watch things on TV, on streaming, on cable. We observe those things, we take that in, we write our notes, and we talk about it. We report mm-hmm. about it. Observe and report. Actually, we don't watch them on cable because we are cool millennials. We are cool millennials that don't Wireless, have cable. Wireless, baby. Well, this week I watched cable at the mom's house. Just when kidding. Over Sometimes there. we watch cable with our mom. When we find it, we watch it, all right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, we are ending out summer here. Yeah. Summer blockbusters are going away like that that summer wind that summer That's breeze true. but there's so much good stuff coming up there's a lot coming out i'm very excited this fall yeah. um and yeah some big landmark things i guess on the way to winter mm-hmm. of course um weirdly halloween movies start at the end of september for some reason really uh it feels like it sometimes at least uh well didn't that movie the nun the Nun came out this week, I believe. Like, why wouldn't you just wait? I don't know. It feels like the end of August, beginning of September is a bit of like, you know, it's a weird of a dead wall. zone yeah. a little bit. So to release a movie like that, people will see horror in theaters. Um, so, yeah, they'll go out to see it. Not to say that it's going to be bad. Mm. I know nothing about it, really. Mm. But, like, you generally see movies like that around this time where mm. it's like okay. it can keep its head above water because they don't have to go up against huge blockbusters necessarily. Um, but that being said things like the meg exists and they hey. did just fine yeah uh, box office wise. i haven't like, seen it yet same here i would like to see it before at least theaters oh, um God. but yeah i have not seen that i've not been to i've not been to the movies too much this week me neither um but i tell you what i did see hmm. i did get to see mission impossible uh uh, Fallout. Fallout, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to see the number, but I was like, no, that's not actually how they titled it. Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, and I enjoyed it. It was very fun. Um, I keep forgetting that, you know, a Mission Impossible movie uh, has, you can almost expect insanely good stunts. Yes. Um, that's a lot of, basically all it is. Yeah. Strung together with a weak plot. Absolutely. It's huge set pieces with like a semi-convoluted plot. Um but yeah, it, Tom Cruise doing his thing, mm-hmm. um, and Tom Cruise, Ving Rhames, Simon Pegg, um, Rebecca I, Ferguson, Rebecca Ferguson, she's great. Who I was very taken with when I first saw her in Rogue Nation. She I was like, oh, wow, is so beautiful. It's ridiculous, and she's the only female character to return outside of Michelle Moynihan yes. in um, the Mission Impossible yes. series. And she's good, and you're always like so drawn to her whenever she's on screen. Absolutely, like she's. Ugh capable and like you know dangerous and she's like like more she's <laughs> she's more fun than tom cruise's character to be honest with you and like i want i would love to see a series just with her it'd be interesting like i'm tom cruise will one day give up the title of like you know action being king of action king yeah like it made me realize he's 55 he's like i believe a little bit older than alec baldwin who oh plays his boss in the movie that's crazy <laughs> Um, like just only slightly, I think, I don't know. I got to verify that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because he is always playing the action man and has never really played like a dad or (laughs) like anything Um, that would like add age to him. And I, and that's obviously a conscious decision on his part. A dad in War of the Worlds. You're right. Yeah. That's like the only thing that I could think of where he's like 
a father figure, mm-hmm. really. Like, and not to say that he's always playing with the new guy, but you rarely see him as a dad, I think, or in yeah, a role no. for like an older man. For like as a an age appropriate. <laughs> yeah, he's he doesn't play age appropriate roles, but that doesn't mean that you know he's bad at what he does. Like, he's certainly very good. I'm. I would see the next Mission Impossible when he's sixty. <laughs> I so guess. So Alec Baldwin is sixty, and Tom Cruise is fifty six. Well, I lied because there's a co- only a couple years difference, but it feels like there should be more. <laughs> um, but yeah, I enjoyed Fallout. I enjoyed Henry Cavill and uh, and Tom Cruise. Their dichotomy in it. Um, I like the parallels. Uh, last time we spoke, um, we talked about how. Um, it looks so like the, the staging of Tom Cruise in those scenes, mm-hmm. like. But I, it, to me, there seemed to be like a huge difference of like height, size, and build, and all that stuff. When when Angela Bassett is there talking to um, uh, Alec Baldwin, mm-hmm. they're looking at each other, and behind them they have like you know their number one guy. Right. Behind Angela Bassett is Henry Cavill. Behind Alec Baldwin, I think it's Cavill. Is Cavill? Sorry. Behind uh, Alec Baldwin Accuracy. is Tom Cruise. Yes. And they're describing, like, you know, how they approach situations. And, like, Angela Bassett's like, yeah, I don't use a scalpel. I use a hammer. And, like, yeah, Henry C- Cavill looks like a goddamn hammer. Cavill? Cavill? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, yeah. The size certainly lends itself to... Yeah, and their, styles. and their approach to the situation where, like, Ethan Hunt doesn't want to... He doesn't want anyone to die, it seems like. Right. In any situation. Even if he could avoid having the, the bad guy die, it seems like he would. Um, but Henry Cavill mm-hmm. will burst through anything, break through anything, just destroy anything to get the job done. I think it's important that you say his name right because when I marry him, <laughs> it'll be like weird when you can't say his name and like my new last name. <laughs> um, so please get it right. Important to, to note. Important he to note. He is so fucking handsome. <laughs> even with that mustache. I'm glad. I can't even. Oh. <laughs> I'm happy that his mustache uh, was worth it. Um, given the fact that it held up the production of Justice League for that bloody mustache. <laughs> um, but that being said, it was a lot of fun. Not my favorite Mission Impossible. Same. Um, for me, it's three. Top of the list. Three. Philip Seymour Hoffman. What his, a bad guy. His performance was the only thing that made that movie good. It, it was... The, the quality of it is so imitable it, it to me at least it was like a a keith ledger joker performance or a oh yeah or a um tom hardy uh bane performance something like that where it's just like this is like a guy playing a character his, his diction is a very particular kind of way his attitude is a very particular kind of way and to me it just it's just very memorable to me because that's all i remember from that movie he it's stands out his so performance much. like i couldn't is that the one where carrie what's her face carrie russell yeah she gets killed spoiler yes yeah she was in that and then they kidnap michelle monaghan mm-hmm. and this is like michelle monaghan's like first appearance right. in the series and all that stuff like i that's all i can remember from it because like i could not tell you the plot really it's just philip seabor hoffman was amazing it was that. about this rabbit's foot thing which was like this MacGuffin that you never actually got to see oh boy. and like tom cruise having to hunt it down for philip seymour hoffman mm-hmm. because he had kidnapped his wife so it's kind of like tom cruise working for the enemy gotcha. a little bit to get his wife back yeah whatever they always find a convoluted way to put him at odds yeah. with the government. Oh, yeah, that's true, I guess. <laughs> um, I will say that <laughs> I don't... Maybe I'm missing something, but their whole, like, 
uh, spoilers alert, spoiler alert for mm-hmm. the next five minutes. Um, so they have to, when they get these two bombs, they have to like activate them to deactivate them or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. Just get the two bombs. Don't do anything with them. Just fucking take them away. So that, just transport them out of there. Is what yeah. You're and then when you have them in a safe place, then you can easily just turn them on and then do whatever at the same time. Boom. You're done. You don't have to do this ridiculous running around fucking thing. Just find the two bombs. Well, from what I understand in that scenario, what was going on is that even if they were to get the bombs away, they would still be in an area where they would still affect people. Like the yield. Is- yeah, but they're not armed. So you just have to get them safely out of a place. And so far as just taking them away before they actually get armed. Right. This is why women need to run the fucking world. Because dudes are dumb. They only had about 30 seconds. Whenever it was going to be armed, they had no control over that. Like, they didn't know when the flip was going to be switched. switched. Oh, the switch was going to be flipped. Excuse me. (laughs) I see. I switched the flip. All right. Is what I did there. But, um, But, yeah, they didn't know, like, when that was going to happen. Right. I guess. I mean, I guess pre- like, for just a preliminary tactic, yes. Get them away from the people. get them away. But I guess they weren't thinking in that way. Like, we'll just snip some wires here. they're stupid. <laughs> Ugh, that was driving me crazy the whole time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was generally entertaining. I, it was a bit long for me. Um, but that bathroom scene was the it coolest. It was excellent. And they, not to sp- spoil anything they they serve it up quickly to you yep. like we know what you're here for there's more than this but it was but remember excellent. that trailer oh <laughs> here yeah you go. we're going to deliver on that yeah. in a big way that was a very exciting scene um and just they did cool things in that like there's no music here we're going to drop the music out like this is just about the fight focus on the fight an all white background an all white room focus on the motion of the of the out of the actors in the space yeah. so it's like oh wow like you're able to just like your eye is just being treated the entire time yeah. in that fight so I really like that. Um, the the way into that space mm-hmm. um, when they like sk- sky dove from the plane like down to like oh, that God, place. Yeah. Um, I was watching it with my roommates, and one of them just pointed out as soon as they take off those jump sh- ju- as soon as they take off the uh, the flight suits, mm-hmm. tuxedos. I'm like, no way! And he was right. They were just wearing like great, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a good call, and for some reason I just didn't expect it. He was absolutely right. I feel like they always have tuxedos masks uh and they usually have to go into like a club yes there's often Um, a club for whatever reason because europe speaking of clubs in that movie there was a nice little callback to the very first mission impossible the uh, female character max like the broker in that room she is playing the daughter of the original max um from the 1996 mission impossible from the first one. I don't remember anything. No one does, because it was 25 years ago. The thing ago. is, I saw that movie so many times, mm-hmm. because um, we... Oh, this is going to sound snotty. We had a house up in New Hampshire that we'd go to, mm-hmm. and so we just had a VCR up there, and we would just... And it stayed in that VCR all the time. <laughs> well, we had, like, three videos that we would bring up, one mm-hmm. of which was, like, Aladdin, and one of which was Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. And so I just watched the shit out of that movie, even though I was, like, nine and I shouldn't have been watching it, because Emilio... He, it's not graphic. I could use my imagination at that time, <laughs> and I knew what was up, and the eyeballs are squishy. Well, thank you. And also Mighty Ducks. You're killing me. Um, 
he had to go and film D3, right? He didn't have time <laughs> to be there on set. Guys, my role is supposed to be bigger, but I got to get to set. Josh Jackson's waiting for me. We gotta, just, let's just kill me in the elevator. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> he is a taskmaster, that Josh. Let me tell you, all right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, got to go. Last time he threw a chair at me. <laughs> Ooh, quack, quack, this. Keenan had to calm him down. He's the only one that could calm him down, really. <laughs> I forgot he was in that. Yeah, he start, he came in that franchise in part two. I think because Master he doesn't Buck. look that old because he's he like hasn't aged at all. He decided to stop aging at twenty three and yeah. he just consistently looks the same. So throughout. like I forget how old he actually is, and yeah. he's been on SNL forever. He's the longest tenured cast member on there right yeah. now, which is crazy to think because yes. like is as much as he has done on that show and for as long as he's been there for your mind immediately snaps back at least for me it's like all that and like oh, Keenan yeah, and Kel and Good Burger and just like oh yeah like Keenan's on the show that's crazy like every yeah. time I see him it's just a crazy motion to me like amazing that he's here <laughs> <laughs> not that he doesn't deserve to be there he absolutely does but it's just like wow he, he really did it yeah and he got uh, nominated for an Emmy, I think. Did he? Yeah, him. Oh, good for him. Amy Bryant, I think. Uh, Kate McKinnon. I can't remember Excellent. if anybody else did. But. And that's, a, that's the thing. When you're on that show, you're not there just because or just by random happenstance. You're there because you're good. Yeah. And, like, to be there for as long as he has been there for, like, he understands how it works. He understands how that system works because some people don't figure it out. Mm. And they, like, either float or don't get put in things or, like, they just Or they understand it, but it might there. just not be for them. Yeah, and that work that happens too, intense. like that that whole style of like you know performance and yeah. like work may not be for them. Yeah, but he's able to fit into it. It's awesome. But we've gone on very long Sorry, <laughs> on Mission Impossible and Keenan Thompson. <laughs> but what have you watched? Oh, uh, so I well, you caught me kind of watching the closer. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Which is worse than walking in on someone just like like watching porn or something? Like that. Hey. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> it's a great crime trauma. TNT, they know drama. They keep saying it. They do, Jason. <laughs> I start from the beginning. I'm on season five. Whoa. You devoured that. Because <laughs> I'll watch it. Like, it is a kind of thing you can put on in the background yeah. and just like do another thing. Yes. Um, or sometimes you just watch on your couch or wrapped. Your attention is just, you're there. You're watching the whole time, focusing the whole time. Um, all because I like true crime stuff, and I enjoy a mystery. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a good mystery. Now here's a question: It's spinoff major crimes. Why do I know this? Um, does it deal with the same things as a closer? Because essentially, it's the same cast, just without Karis Edgewick. Right. It's the same show. Yeah, basically. Okay. <laughs> well, because well never mind <laughs> I, I <laughs> so, like the, the, so the woman who comes on to take care of Sedgwick's place she is also in the closer Mary McDonald she's also in Battlestar Galactica oh boy you just made fun of me for the closer and you're talking about Battlestar Galactica. Let's these, call it even, motherfucker. One of these is a seminal show about human survival and the other one's Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make that joke. <laughs> um, it's just fun. There might be, uh, you know I love a Latino man. There's a handsome Detective Sanchez on there that I am like all about. So that also is fun. He was also on Breaking Bad, right? He was Tuco, yeah. He so scares the shit out of me. <laughs> well, that's because you didn't meet him on the closer where he's a warm hearted but tough detective I with a military in, background. I met him in training day and he was basically Tuco 
<laughs> on training day. He's in training day? Yeah, he's Ooh, I'm uh, going to have to go back and watch training day. Oh, please do. It's so good. It's always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, that's where I first found out about him. And yeah, it's he is a different human being entirely on uh, The Closer and Major Crimes. One could say he's an actor. <laughs> 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 he has a thing called Rain. <laughs> um, so yeah, I enjoy it. Okay. Whatever. Right. Sometimes it can be funny. Although I will say it um it can be um like kind of homophobic and whatnot. Really? Yeah, it's That's just surprising. it's making jokes that were okay, you know, people considered kind of okay at that time, but now People would be like, "Fuck you!" That's a terrible thing to say. Absolutely, that's crazy because like that. It feels like closure isn't that old to me. It feels like it started in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, or something like that. I don't know. Um, it's yeah, maybe close to two thousand five because uh, in in an episode recently, it's they. It was like two thousand ten. So oh, okay. Um, but yeah, interesting. So that crap aside, um, it's enjoyable. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> I'm up. not going to judge you too hard. Um, what is it? I watched not, I feel like I've not watched that many things in, in this time period. Um, I watched a quote unquote stand up special called uh, Drew Michael on HBO. Um, this guy who is a former writer for, uh, for SNL at one mm. point in time. Um, and it is an interesting quote unquote stand up piece. I keep saying quote unquote because the way in which it's presented is very much like a one-man show almost. Okay. Um, there's no laugh track. There's no audience. Oh. It is him talking directly to a camera with interstitials of like him talking to his girlfriend. Oh, like okay. Like via phone, it seems like. At least that's like the, the mode of the conversation. Okay. Um, but it is very introspective. It's a lot of him dealing with his own stuff. Interesting. Um, and his own opinions. But it's it's... It offers such a different perspective, I guess, on, on stand-up in the way that it is, when you take away the laugh track, when you take away that inclination to laugh, like, do you? And mm-hmm. also, like, are you more inclined to absorb the words mm-hmm. as opposed to just, like, expecting and being prompted for like, the next laugh? For the punchline, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's just like, oh, it's interesting just to, to hear his thoughts. It feels almost like a spoken journal entry as mm-hmm. opposed to, like, a stand-up special. Um and what's also interesting is it's directed by uh, Gerard Carmichael. Oh, no way. Um, yeah. Cool. And like, it was just interesting. Like, oh, this is like a very different piece. And I guess you wouldn't expect it from someone like Gerard Carmichael. Because mm-hmm. it is very visual, too. Like, they choose very specific angles, very specific lighting. Um, it's done as if he's like almost like in a, in a black box theater, in a black box studio, like okay. talking at the camera or like not even making eye contact with the camera sometimes. So it's very interesting, I think. If, if you are a fan of stand-up, I would recommend it insofar as, oh, this is, like, just different. Um, it reminded me a lot of uh, Neil Brennan, who had a special on Netflix. Right, I think right. it's still there, of Three Mics, mm-hmm. where, like, you know, uh, the, the the setup of it was just different than what I'm used to. Um, and I liked it because mm-hmm. of that. Um, so, yeah, that was something I checked out this week. And it's just premiered last week, currently on HBO now slash go. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, different kind of stand-up special. Cool. Um, <laughs> I watched, oh shoot, do I have the right name for it? Um, I watched this little movie, it was super cute, I not, I don't, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay, it's called the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. This is super British, I imagine you watched <laughs> it on BBC. <laughs> Like, this was not on... 
feels like you have to find. <gasps> Did I seek it out? Maybe. <laughs> You're on like torrent sites, like no, looking for it. On Netflix. Like. This is on Netflix. Yeah, it, I think I, I watched it on some type of streaming site. Give me the details. What's happening in Guernsey? Because it sounds familiar, weirdly enough. It's so GD charming. Mm-hmm. So it's about this woman um, who it's set during World War Two, and um, she is a writer, um, and she's pretty successful. Um, and she is dating and engaged to this fancy society guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and during the war uh, in Guernsey, um, these people were getting together and they're big readers. And so mm-hmm. they kind of like raided this s- bookstore. And one of the books that this guy got um, had her, it was her old book and it had her name and address in it. And so he wrote to her just reaching out to someone because it's wartime and it's terrible mm-hmm. and so she ends up receiving his letter and uh she sends him the book that he asked for and so then they start writing back and forth oh, and of course she, shut up <laughs> um <laughs> it's so charming um and this fellow is played by the guy who plays Dario Naharis number two I like Dario Naharis number two so number one creeps me out handsome He's an attractive man, yeah. He looks great in World War II period clothing. (laughs) Oh, my God. A lot of tweed, I imagine. So much tweed. (laughs) Um, And he's uh, he's just like a farmer. And he and a couple other people got caught one night by the Germans um, when they're out um, secretly, like, having a little party together. And so you were only allowed out if you, like, were part of an approved, like, group. So they had to just make up, like, oh, we're part of this literary society and, <laughs> like, potato peel pie thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they had to actually have a meeting to convince these Nazis that this was a real thing. Mm-hmm. But then they And this is in Britain, correct? In Guernsey, yes. Okay. Which is in the UK somewhere. Okay. I should have looked it up. I didn't. Okay. I was just too charmed by Dario. Um, and so they, th- they put on this meeting... Uh, and then they find that like they actually really enjoy it, and so they've been meeting and reading books. And um, so then she, for some reason, just to stop me there, I thought the Nazis were also enjoying it too. Like, oh <laughs> yes, I love the books <laughs> and surprise, they're amazing, <laughs> but not the case. And this is how World War Two came to an end. <laughs> um, and so she goes and she visits them um, and spends some time there. Okay. And I'll leave it at that. Oh. It's so charming. Okay. Uh, uh, you learn more about their lives and how things are more complicated than they appear. Okay. Because the um, difficulty of living as a civilian in wartime in Britain during World War Two, I imagine, is not easy. just the things that take... Because when she... It's post-war by the time they're actually writing. Oh, okay. Um, I th- for the most part. Or at least when she visits them, it's post-war. Okay. Um, and so just a lot happened to them during the war. And so she's coming in kind of as, as an outsider mm-hmm. and then kind of learning about them oh so like learning more about like the, the town i the guess town, the people okay and there's like five people in this club okay um but it's terribly sweet and charming i just thoroughly enjoyed it okay yeah um, and Darian o'harris is so fun to look at <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so handsome 
Um, I did a rewatch of, of a couple things in the last since last we met. Um, mm. A lot of comfort things, really. Um, I watched uh, Back to the Future again, uh, the first one. I know you're not a big fan of that movie. I don't even remember it. <laughs> I I know I saw it as a kid, but mm. like, I. Uh, I feel like they played it a lot at, like, my brother's Cub Scout meetings or whatever, like, get-togethers, and I was just like, I, why am I here? It's just these dumb boys. Ugh. Like, I mean, of course, I mean, anyone listening to this probably knows what it's about. You know, a kid goes back in time mm-hmm. uh, to save his own life, but winds up kind of almost ruining his own life and causing mm-hmm. himself not to exist. The stakes, when you're looking at them, are super low, because it only affects this boy. <laughs> or does it, though, And Jason? his family. effect. It does have a little bit of a butterfly effect going on there, but um, but ultimately, when you think about it, it's a story about this guy and his family and his friend. Mm-hmm. Um, watch the first one again. There are some. There's actually a lot of great acting going on in it that I didn't like really take in. I don't know why this time I just decided to look at it and just like really observe what the performances. Because um, when you've seen it enough times, you can look at it for different yeah. things, which is nice. Like um, Chris McGlover is a great performer, crazy person, but <laughs> <laughs> he's like really good in it, able to play like, this very nebbish, like very like almost annoying like character um, in George McFly that like you know has zero confidence. Um, and Leah Thompson, her performance really is, like, not praised enough in that movie. Like, she plays uh, Marty's mom um, and also, yeah, plays his mom in the past and the future. But there's a line delivery that she gives that's so good. And, like, she says, she looks at her husband, um, Michael J. Fox's dad in the movie, and just looks at him like, yep, that's the night that I met your dad. And then I knew I'd never be with anyone else again. Hmm. And it's said in such a way that is so sad and final that it's just like, oh, no. this is it. This is my shit life. Oh, no. Because I met your dad that night all those years ago. And it's like, oh, my God. There's such gravity and finality in the way she delivered that. Yeah. Because the way you can say that is absolutely one where it's charming and upbeat and yeah, wonderful. And but like, love. It was such like a good like delivery of that line that like, I just was like, whoa, that hit really hard. Yeah. And... Yeah, like her performance, like uh, as an older woman and as a, her younger self, like in the past, is also really good because so much of it is her in when in the when in the future when we went in nineteen eighty five, just telling her son like, "Don't do this, don't do that," being the most mom mom ever. Mm-hmm. But like back in that time, I was like, "Yeah, I was smoking, drinking. I was that definitely like you know making out with dudes all the time. <laughs> like I lived that life and it was dope. Like I was a teenager, <laughs> and it's just funny to see that turn around." Uh, where and it plays for good humor in the movie of course um christopher lloyd is doing a wonderful job in Mm -hmm. that film and it's funny that i think about he's in so many iconic things for me as a kid that i watched like the the early 90s whatever he's uncle fester and adam's family he is dr brown in uh back to the future he plays the judge in robert in roger rabbit like these three very different performances that are able to like scale up to like the higher register i think i didn't realize he was in roger rabbit yeah, he's the my, bad guy. My brother loved that movie, and mm-hmm. I was just—I was four years younger than him, or I still am, definitely. <laughs> uh, but at I've, the time, I'm aged beyond it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think I don't know when it came out, but we were little. I think like when it eighty-eight. Came out. I think yeah. And he was really into it, and I just remember it scaring the shit out of it's me. It's kind of a scary movie, and I just like what there are two me- mediums going on here. There's a lot of eyes bugging out. Yep. 
I don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. There's a ride. Oh, no, I don't want to go on this ride. <laughs> it, there's just... There's a lot of violence in the film that where it feels, seems to have like real consequence. There was a lot, and it was. I think it's confusing as a kid. It's a lot to take in, because like, oh, these are all the cartoon characters I love, but also some really adult things are happening here. Sorry, when I say there's a ride, we went to Disney, and they had a... Back- the cab yeah. ride thing. Yes, yes, yes. That thing looked so cool. I never got to ride in it. Oh, sad. <laughs> it's probably... It's, probably definitely gone now they my dad has this picture still of him and my brother and like them doing really great acting of like holding onto their hats and looking surprised and scared and it's great that's <laughs> oh, so cute i love it but um but yeah uh back to the future they're just looking at it outside of the context of like this is a fun story just the acting is very solid in it michael j fox does a great job um as someone that's he just very so charming as a kid very charming and just very put upon too it's like ah god i have to fix everything <laughs> like and when you just think about the context of the character like i'm 17 i all i wanted to do this weekend was go and hang out with my girlfriend at the lake that was it that sounds great like and literally everything went wrong the car broke down <laughs> my, my best friend who's a 50 year old man got shot by Libyans. <laughs> i went back to the past and i'm undoing my own existence and my brothers and sisters existences like ah jesus christ <laughs> Like, just the amount of things that stack up upon him, but ultimately just kind of revolve around him. Like, it's, again, doesn't affect the town, doesn't affect the city, doesn't affect the state, doesn't affect the world all that much. But I think that's why people buy into that story so much, because it it just, it's about the people you know. Mm. And I, that's one thing I really like about it. Doesn't Biff drive into a truck that has a bunch of poop? Yes, he does. I hate that. <laughs> you hate the fact that he has to drive into it's that? It's disgusting. <laughs> it looks like dirt, but they tell you it's, it's manure. manure. It is definitely And manure. if that was truly manure, if think about that. Driving into a car, into the back of a truck and having manure spill out all over you. I would vomit and die. That car is ruined. And cry. I'm not worried about the car. I'm worried about my own well-being. <laughs> How do you ever get that poop smell like out of your face? Oh, it'll get out, but it'll so never leave your showers. soul. <laughs> oh God! I, even as a child, when I saw that, I was like, "That's no." I'm that's turning wrong. this off. This is this is wrong. <laughs> and doesn't it happen like? It happens in every times? film. Yeah, or in every. <laughs> I was gonna say I thought it happened in multiple, either multiple times in one movie or over <laughs> within multiple movies. Horrifying every time. <laughs> I disliked it even as a child. Um, and yeah. sanity. There are also some well-written lines in there when uh, he goes back to the past. They're watching TV, and like he sits down. I was like, "Oh yeah, like I love this episode. Like it's a, like a lo- like is this a rerun?" And just the question, "What's a rerun?" Because when you think about it in the production oh, of, of television, yeah. reruns didn't really occur until like the late fifties, hmm. where it's just like, "Oh, we." we because the, the idea of approaching television, the idea that it has to be fresh and new every single week, like until the technology got good enough to like oh we can just put on old things shit <laughs> like that clears our entire schedule like just from a production standpoint on television like oh that's something i didn't consider but again enough from back to the future what have you been watching <laughs> um i watched oh just so you know um just so you know no it affects everyone <laughs> but i know that you actually like it uh kevin hart's a uh, new season of Cola's Balls is back. Oh, yes. Excellent. So great. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so great. Um, in case you don't know, it is about, it's it's not about anything. It's Kevin Hart talking to professional athletes, um, and they go into a locker room and sit in tubs of ice cold water because that's often what athletes do for recovery. Um, but he is not a fan of 
the ice cold water, <laughs> but also ends up having buckets of ice thrown into his tub. It's just hilarious. He has new guys. New guys? Oh, I kind of want the rivalry to continue. I know. <laughs> I know. But yeah, it's great. So okay. I watched the first episode of that. Uh, and it's with Lamar Odom. Okay. Who has had some issues. Yeah. Uh, and they go into it without actually saying where he was or what happened. They're able to make it, like, funny still? Um, no, they get kind of serious, actually. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, but they don't. Act- they never say, like, oh, you were found in, like, a club or Like, whatever. you almost died in a brothel. Yeah. <laughs> With cocaine all in you. Yeah. So they never actually say that. But Kevin R's just been, like, is, you know, kind of, like... Ooh, you had a rough <laughs> go, or you know, whatever. <laughs> Alludes to it without actually uh-huh. specifying. Um, but it was so that was interesting to actually kind of get serious. Okay, uh, but it still ends hilariously. Um, I also um, started watching um, Straight Outta Compton. Okay, it's so good. I'm an hour into it. I didn't realize it is a very long movie. It's a long film, yeah. Which, like, at the hour mark, they're doing well. So I'm sad that I have to watch the next two hours because, like, not everything's... The rest of the movie's not going to just be peaches and cream. Things are going great. Let me tell you how it ends. Dr. J becomes a billionaire, all right? That's true. Most of them do fine. (laughs) But nonetheless, Mm -hmm. I know there's going to be trials and tribulations. There are trials and tribulations abound. Like, it is a good film. Mm. There is some revisionist history happening in there. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, But... That aside, like, it is a good look at, like, you know, a band that is a group that is, like, you know, definitely integral to the nature in, of American music oh, in yeah. the 90s and late 80s. And it's just interesting. Like, oh, wow. I guess, like, you know, this is the doors for hip hop, kind of. Like, yeah. where it's just, it's very much a good biopic that is very expository and, like, revelatory of that time. And just mm. like, oh, I guess 1991 was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Which is like a weird thing to think about, but it is looking at a very specific time in a very cool way. Like, yeah, this feels like we are there in that time. All the guys who are in it are great. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize Paul Giamatti's in it. Yes, he that plays. Was a fun little pop-up. I was like, <laughs> oh, all right. Um, what parts of it are revisionist? Um, I know nothing about the history of hip-hop. So. There's some things in there, like uh, Dr. Dre's, like, you know, his, not marital problems, but just like, his uh, like violence against women and all that right, stuff, right, right. I like that's like that glossed over a little yeah. bit in the movie. Um, and there are some things in there, insofar as like towards the end of Easy E's life, where mm-hmm. like that didn't exactly happen like that. But we're trying to tell a story here. I understand, okay. like you know, taking that artistic liberty with it. Okay, when I finish watching it, we talk about it. You'll have to tell me what exactly it is you're referring to. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. um, that is interesting. Um, but it's also nice to see, just like. Nice male friendships. Yeah, like these are guys that like are really trying to make something. And I feel like, um, at least in current television stuff, whenever you see like black men together, it's always in like a gangster setting or something. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, oh, and granted, they're probably not quite as innocent maybe as they make them. Right. But like they're, um, they it revolves around like music and just like being friends with each other right and it's really quite sweet it is nice like and yeah. just like this is us like banding around each yeah. other and just like trying to really really create something and, and, yeah. and do something with our lives outside yeah. of just like because the alternative is like do what be this dj at this club that i don't want to be a dj yet right, for right. the rest of my life <laughs> wearing a terrible yeah. coat <laughs> <laughs> like, speaking of which uh the guy who owns that club 
He's in the closer. <laughs> so suck it my all dick. Comes back to the closer. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Can't escape it. <sighs> Sergeant Gabriel's running that club. <laughs> Actually, he's a detective now, so like. <laughs> no, it's not. A, I don't know how rankings work in police, so I can't say. Um. Apparently, going from sergeant to detective, detect- sergeant is more of like an administrative thing, mm-hmm. and detective, obviously, you're out in the field doing more stuff because he's almost kind of more. He investigates along with the rest of the team, but he also is almost like an assistant kind of to um, Brenda Lee Johnson, the deputy chief. Um, Brenda Lee's her name. She's southern, isn't she? She's from the south. It's fine. I find her terribly charming. <laughs> <laughs> so Sergeant Gabriel's gonna take the detective test. Will he become a detective? Yes, he will. I'm very excited for him. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. For Sergeant the Gabriel passes his detective exam. Um, but yeah, there are some other things that I've been watching as well. Um, what else? Into Insecure right now. Insofar as a uh, season three, I just saw a commercial for it. It looked so good. I need to get on that. It's really good this season. Um, I am really backing Issa Rae's character on this um and it's weird they've they've not yet shown Lawrence yet who is like I feel in previous seasons like there was not a competition but like Lawrence was her significant other okay they broke up at the end of season one in a very like tumultuous spoiler kind of way. alert thanks um, for letting me know Jason <laughs> but see it is a thing that you should know going into it but season two it's all about like you know their different lives now apart from each other and now we're in season three, and like he's not yet appeared. I'm just wondering, ooh, this is interesting. Like without him there as like the other half of the coin, like I feel myself just like really behind her and just like mm. what she's doing, and like you know, like what like I want her to succeed like really really badly in far, so far as what she's doing. Um, and in this season, just feels like they're just not putting more pressure on her, but like she's trying her best to like really just make her day to day a better thing, like. At the end of season two, she's, like, at her lowest point. So, like, it feels like this is her building everything back. Like, nice. getting everything back together. So, it's I, I'm so in support of the character in this particular season. Very cool. Not to say that I wasn't before, because there were certainly points where it's like, you know you messed up on that one. But now, it's just like, I'm... It sounds very relatable also. It's very relatable. And, like, you can definitely see yourself in her, I totally. think. Where it's just like, you're making real human mistakes, just like anybody else would. Um sometimes you self-sabotage sometimes things just don't go right when you try your best and i'm really pulling for her so that's where i am in season three now of the show very cool uh the only other stuff i have is stuff that we were assigned so anything else you got um i started season two of the good place it finally came in netflix oh cool it is fantastic i guess i gotta start watching that show i tried and i was just not impressed but also it was like just the first episode which i should give it more time but i don't know people's perceptions of the show outside of kind of my own i guess like people i don't know really anyone like else it. that really watch it yeah. watches it and i didn't know it had such a huge fandom like um my friend went to comic-con this year in san diego mm-hmm. um and he was like yeah i kind of got like bumped out of line like I, he was waiting to get into like a convention hall to see a thing but it's like i couldn't like there were so many people in there for uh the good place wow. which was like surprising i was like really like yeah that show has a huge following it was, wow. like, very interesting i mean it makes sense if people who are into comedy um 
see that it's like produced by like Mike Schur and mm-hmm. people have seen The Office and 30 Rock and stuff they'd probably recognize it and be like alright I'll give this a chance too it's like very well written like the yeah. like oh this is joke writing like there's like a lot of jokes packed in there in every episode um, each episode is short but like it does continue a story like they're not isolated unto themselves mm-hmm. and the overarching story that's told in season one it's just very well done and there are twists and turns in there it's like oh wow like that was very well thought out and like you lay the seeds for this like so early on um and it's funny because the first episode of the second season is like a deconstruction of season one and mm. just showing you like you know all the pitfalls of, all of, of what that's like and weirdly it kind of feels like a meta conversation on like what writing is like okay. and what it's like to like write or direct something and have it all fall apart mm, okay um really great performances all around um ted dance is hilarious christian bell is really funny my favorite person on the show is darcy carden um oh she's hilarious she's yeah. hilarious she's so pretty and so tall <laughs> um i call her tall girlfriend she's so good but she's like hilarious her character in the show i can describe i only can describe it as like a reverse deadpan where in which her character is consistently positive about everything. Oh, that's lovely. So to deliver, like, you know, bad news or, like, heavy things or the, the entire range of human emotion through just a positive filter <laughs> is just... It's very well done by her and really hilarious. It sounds Chris Traeger-esque. Yes. <laughs> it's very similar to that. Nice. Um, but, yeah, season two is there, and I feel like I've waited, like, a year and a half for it to come there, uh, and it's really good. I would very much recommend it. I don't think Rob Lowe got enough credit for his job on the job he did on Parks and Rec now that I think about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, that was a really fun character who I thoroughly enjoyed. I would say that her positivity 100% matches like Chris Rager's positivity where it's just like, I feel nothing but joy for the world and I can only express that all the time. No, I'm just thinking about Rob Lowe. (laughs) But like some of his lines on Parks and Rec were so funny. Mm -hmm. Like when... um, (laughs) <laughs> when they send around uh sewage joe sends around all the penis pictures uh-huh. and chris jager's like i'm so sorry you had to see that if i could go back in time and snip out all your little eyeballs i would it's <laughs> 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 so weird and, random and dark but he's amazing <laughs> sorry anyways a good place i'll have to start watching it mm-hmm. i have to give it a second chance maybe i wasn't in the right uh mindset or something no it's totally fine everyone i know who watches it loves it and says it's hilarious mm-hmm it's a really strong ensemble cast. I like cast. everyone on there. So, yeah. Ted Danson, yeah. Kristen Bell, it's great. I, I sadly forget, like, the uh, other two male actors that are on the show. They're also really good. Cool. And serve as wonderful foils for the other actors. Excellent. But. That's all. And so far as other things outside of that, um, the, 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 nothing worth mentioning, really. Um, I have just the assignment that you gave me. Cool. And you have the assignment I gave you. I have two. Two, that and is I actually correct. did both of them. Oh, wow. Amazing. <laughs> Homework done. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you, 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 would you like to care to sure. talk about yours? Excuse me. Um, so I watched, I finished watching The Founder and I really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, I wasn't quite as heartbroken as I thought I would be. Not I guess I it, built it up that way a little no, bit. Well, no, that's what you expect because uh-huh. you know the general story of these guys are going to get screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think because I do find business very interesting and those types of dealings very mm-hmm. interesting because um, my dad was kind of a business guy um, it was very interesting to see how they went how he Michael Keaton went about it yeah um, and it was BJ Novak was great and kind of walking him through that and mm-hmm. it's just 
it's so shrewd and ingenious and cruel. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I feel like also because it it feels like Michael Keaton's character is also coming from meager means as well. Right. And it just you never imagine someone from a position as him coming into a situation like that and being the absolute shark that he was. Yes. It's like, "Oh, you were always the wolf yes. in sheep's clothing." And at l- at least uh, what he did was truly terrible. He screwed the two guys who founded McDonald's out of a fortune. Yeah. Ridiculous. Billions of dollars Literally, for, for yeah. decades. Right. Um, but he did work his ass off. Like that he, is true. So as much as you despise his lack of moral compass, you do have to applaud his work ethic because it was incredible. And like he got shit done. Because it does. I guess it does bring like ethical questions in the idea oh, of yeah. like, okay, so yes, did he did he screw these brothers? Absolutely. But then again, he made McDonald's into McDonald's. Right. Like, this thing would not have, like, you know, spread across the world in the way that it did if he didn't do it. could have been more on board with him, but they kind of weren't. Yes. Like, they could have gone along for that ride. Would he probably have screwed them at some point anyways? Possibly. Yeah. But, um... He wanted it all. He was not willing to share it, really. Right. Right. Like, could they have certainly, like, been willing to give that up and still, like, ascend with him? Mm -hmm. Possibly. But... It was all or nothing. He was going for everything. Yeah. Um, so it was really good. And I think, too, when at the end, they show, like, pictures um, of the actual people who are depicted in the movie. Yeah, that adds, like, a sting to it for me a little it bit. Because, like, these were real people. When you really see the faces. Also, like, Michael Keaton's, like, a good-looking guy. And you know him for so many right. things. I feel like he's... You're familiar with his face. Over yeah, all the and he's, that he's kind of an everyman. And, mm-hmm. like, he'd, you'd invite him to a barbecue. He'd be great. Mm-hmm. Um so to see the actual guy... I just feel like he'd be like Beetlejuice without the makeup in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I forget his Beetlejuice. Um, but when you see the actual guy and you see him smiling in a photo, you're just like, fuck you. You yeah. fucking prick. Yeah. <laughs> Which you don't really feel toward Michael Keaton. Um, but yeah, uh, Nick Offerman and I forgot the guy who plays his brother. He's been in everything. We he's keep great. forgetting his name. He's great in everything that he's in. Um, he usually plays like a put upon dad. Like for years, played Drew Carey's brother in the Drew Carey show. Like, oh, he did. Yeah, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all the acting was great. Um, and it was yeah, it was just a really cool, interesting story that was. I when they were doing like the diagramming, um, in the like parking lot with the chalk of the most efficient way to design the kitchen. Yeah, it's fascinating. Like, I love logistics. <laughs> I love it. All day, every day. And John Carroll Lynch is his name. John is Carol Lynch. the name of the other brother. Um, but yeah, like, um, and just like learning also about like how in his rise to power, like Michael Keaton himself just like, you know, corrupts himself in a way. He just loses himself. Like he totally. became obsessed with the power and like that he, that he wielded, that he definitely did wield. He Walter White's it. Oh, he, that's a great comparison. He yeah. definitely is Walter, the Walter White Without of fast food. Without going back at all. Look at say he's the Gus Fring of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of burgers as well as a chicken. Um, um, and the fact that, spoilers, like, he ended up with that guy's wife. Yeah. And, like, that was just his wife for the rest like, of his life. Like, he just cheated on his wife, then broke up with her, and then, like... 
um, went out with this went out. with this woman. Like, yeah. okay, that's my this is my wife now. I'm gonna one of steal. his like kind of business investors. Mm-hmm. Oh man, and so many people pop up. Like, um, Laura Dern plays his wife. Plays his wife, but she's great and Patrick, heartbreaking. What's his name? Patrick Wilson Patrick plays Wilson. like the guy that he steals his wife from. Right in uh, Minneapolis. He's so like, um, so yeah, it was uh, much more enjoyable than I kind of expected it to mm-hmm. be. Just because, even though it's sad, it's still a really fascinating story. It is like a good biopic. Yeah. Um, as far as me, yeah. um, I got to watch uh, Queer Eye. Yes. Um, I watched like the first two episodes and also part of the third episode okay. of the second season. I didn't realize I was watching the second season oh. <laughs> until I was done. I was like, oh, wow. They kind of just jumped right into this. Like, oh, yeah. Okay, like no explanation. Cool. Let's do it. Oh, no. <laughs> but I didn't realize there's a whole other season. I didn't yeah, realize it was season. on for that long, like on Netflix at least. Um, it's only been two seasons. They're filming the third season, I think, right now. Did they do like two seasons in a year or did the first season it, come it out last year? It seems to come out very quickly, one after the other. So okay. I'm not quite sure because I didn't watch it for a while. Okay. So I'm not quite sure about the timeline. Okay. Um, that being said, in watching season two, it's such a lovely show. It is. Like, it's uh, immediately when they, like, the guys are in the car, they're, like, driving to Gay, Georgia, which is the name of the town. <laughs> yeah. Gay, comma, Georgia. Um, but, like, they're just, like, sitting there making jokes, like, we get to do a lady this episode. And, like, oh, yeah. and, like, oh I haven't done lady in years. I'm like, this is uh, hilarious. You guys <laughs> are immediately funny. <laughs> like, I'm, in, I'm with it. What, what are we going to do? And, like, they, it's... It's like we spoke about before. It's such a good holistic approach mm-hmm. to you know affecting people's lives. It's yeah. not so much about like oh your wardrobe is trash. Right. Like let's give you a whole new wardrobe. Like no 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 no. Let's like look at this as to why do you like dressing like this? You know like is this something that you enjoy? Like what can we move to outside of this? Mm-hmm. All right, let's not just talk about your clothing anymore. Like what? How does this space make you feel? Like you know how does your home make you feel? Like what is this clutter about? You know, what is what do you want to like maximize in your home? Like that kind of thing. And insofar as like also getting to the emotional aspects of people. Like, you know, you're a dad, but like it's tough for you like, to interact with like other parents, right? Like so let's oh, yeah, like try yeah, to work yeah. on that. Mm-hmm. Like which is like very cool. Like they it, it seems like they're trying to give you the people that they affect at least small building blocks to oh, work yeah. with in totally. their everyday life. Which is like, okay, that's like good that's it feels so different than reality tv that i'm used to like i don't really oh, yeah. watch a lot of reality tv at all um insofar as like i just don't really like it but i feel like when it became when it first became a thing everyone was kind of like oh what's this mm-hmm. so you know all the tropes and everything anyway yeah so, yeah and it just feels like i guess this is the the it, rounding the bend kind of where yeah, it's, it's like, like the antithesis yeah that kind of yeah and i don't know positive. if like a lot of reality tv is like this I but it. it just feels like very much like hey we're trying to help people in so far and also tell like a story and be entertaining mm-hmm. but like it just feels like the, the one of the main goals of it is to help which is nice really nice actually and the guys who um are helping out um, the Fab Five, they also are just themselves, too. Yeah, they they're not don't playing characters, to, it yeah, feels like. They just, and even though it can be tough in the South, like, they are able to win people over just by being themselves, because they're really happy, friendly, you know, outgoing people who don't really judge. They just want help. Right. And... Of course, they, like, have fun, too, with, like, things in the oh, wardrobe. Yeah. It's like, I want to put this on. And they just, like, walk <laughs> around in, like, their home. Just have 
having a serious conversation then, but also like I'm <laughs> turned uh, your hat into like just like a, an accessory right. for this You're episode. Wearing a three XL Hawaiian shirt, but also. <laughs> How are you feeling? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there are moments that are just, like, funny like that. Yeah. Um, and they all have their own personalities. It doesn't feel like you're just looking at, like, are the same person splitting into five people. Right. It's like, no, they're all doing their own thing. Um, and well, I spoke with you before off mic, like, one of the, one of the Fab Five, um, Karamu. Right. Like, I remember him, like, Karamu, that name's familiar. And I just remember, like, oh, wait, you were in the real world way back mm-hmm. when, like, the mid-2000s. And he was a jerk on that show. <laughs> what and city was it, do you remember? They were in um, Philadelphia, I believe. Okay. And to see him come around and be, like, this whole great, wonderful person, like, it's just, like, this is great. Like, I love that you had an arc outside of this. And he's such, like, a caring person. Yeah. Um, and he's like so sensitive to the needs of the people that he's trying to help oh, out. Oh yeah, he has two kids and he loves them to death. Mm-hmm. It's great. And like, yeah, he's he's also like you know trying to help people out with like whatever issues they may be facing like internally. Yeah. So it's like okay, let's like try to approach like the first episode. He is talking with like you know the mother and her son who came out and like oh you is know, it Mama Tammy? Mama Tammy. Yeah. And uh, her son who had just recently came out to her and right. like the town and like oh that made me cry so much. They all make me cry. But, yeah, <laughs> that was oh. Beautiful. And and his mother is like planning this homecoming thing for him, and just him having a conversation of like you know what it means to be a black gay man and like in the South and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just like wow, that's like that kid needed to hear that. And like they so uh, the first two seasons, folk they're all in all the episodes are focused on people in Georgia, um, and the Mama Tammy episode in particular, she is very religious. Yeah, and they um, talk about, so, like, well, that was, like, for yeah. her and him and their relationship. Right, right, right. There are a couple episodes that um, kind of have religion um, as a theme kind of in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, dealing with that. Oh, it was just, you you cry sometimes out of sadness for what people have gone through, but then with joy when they are feeling better about themselves mm-hmm. and things are going well. It's just great. And what I like is that when they do the renovations on the home, Oh, like it's the best. It's within reason. It's not insane. Right, right, right. Like it's not like oh man, we you gave you this ridiculous thing like this pit my ride home. <laughs> <laughs> like hey, like you, you ever wanted your TV to come out of your fish tank? No. I was gonna say your floor is an aquarium. I'm like oh, I don't. Okay. <laughs> like it's like no. We like just made the colors better. We yeah. maximized your space. We threw a lot of junk out. Yeah. Like doesn't this feel better? Like yeah, this does. Like. That's really cool. And it's all made for them. Like, oh, you have a bunch of kids. Let's put in a bunch of storage for you. Yeah. Just really practical solutions. And just like saying things like, okay, you have kids. They shouldn't like rule the house with all their stuff. Like it should be in a place like, okay, that makes sense. So what the episodes you watched for is Mama Tammy. What was the other one? Mama Tammy. The guy that worked at the bar that like, you know, just wanted to like be a better dad and husband basically. And the guy that like, um, I forget his name. He was going to propose to his girlfriend. Okay, yeah, yeah. And like yeah. they came to like you know kind of help him out with his life prior to like you know getting engaged. Gotcha. Um, but it was cool in the sense that I did, they didn't show you the people they were trying to like. I am not impressed necessarily, but the people they wanted to change for mm-hmm. they didn't bring them into the picture until like towards the very end, right? Which is interesting because like, they just want the person to change for themselves, and then- yeah that will shine once they see their friends. Right. And like, I don't know how long they spend with like, you know, each person. Like it feels like some it's amount a week, of time is spent there. I think there. it's like f- five days. Mm-hmm. 
Because like, Bobby has to be able to do the, all the renovations. He's doing the most work. <laughs> he does so much work. And there are so many memes on the internet about that. Of like, okay, Jonathan's budget to do hair, $75. Anthony's budget to do the food, uh, $50. Carl's budget, 25 And then Bobby's budget, $1,800 because he has to renovate a fucking house. Like, what? Oh, poor Bobby. Like, he does such an amazing job. Because he's like fabricating. Like he's there. Like he has to have assistance with him. Yeah. Like it's work and it's within a very short amount of time yeah like we got a week and like yeah, i imagine that involves a lot of pre-planning oh yeah like so much like measuring like and whatnot and just like calculations of just yeah. you need to just build you these new things like to be in your home i saw him talking about or i watched a video of him talking about it and um he's like yeah of course like i can't just go in there cold like you do at least have like measurements and general idea of the space before right. going in but they're still like ripping up floors and stuff they have yeah. pro- i'm sure they're working like 24 hours a day i'm very sure because some of the renovations are so hardcore because it's sometimes it should you expect it to be like a room sometimes it's just like the house yeah like, oh my god <laughs> and it depends on the living space of the person too right. it's like okay i have like you know a ranch style home that has like two bedrooms mm-hmm. like, okay not too difficult to like you know give you the things that you need to like make it feel like more of your home right but sometimes like well we gotta really have to rip this one up like <laughs> oh god it's crazy um oh i'm glad you enjoy it yeah i feel like i preach the gospel of it wherever i go because it's such an uplifting show it is good and they talk about things too like um just like male body image and all that stuff yeah, where it's just yeah. like where they're just like just plainly saying like yeah like guys faces too like they don't many people don't like the way they look they don't like things about themselves like oh like i don't like my arms like you know i think i don't like wearing shorts because like yeah i don't want anyone to see my calves like yeah. that kind of thing that they talk about where it's just like oh wow yeah i feel that too and like male <laughs> grooming stuff that nobody guys don't talk that, about certainly guys don't talk about and no one teaches you right <laughs> like no one teaches you like you know how, how you should look necessarily as a guy or like this is how you should cut your hair or, like this is how you should like you know groom yourself sometimes it's like well if you didn't pick it up like like either no. you do or you don't or people yeah. don't expect you to know this shit like at least in today's day and age and like living in cities like if guys care about their grooming like, oh that's nice mm-hmm. but depending on where you live or like in the past if a guy cared about like grooming and stuff people would automatically be like oh you're gay blah 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 yeah. blah, blah and you know shame guys and stuff shame you so. for just wanting to smell nice yeah just wanted to ca- take very basic care of yourself with like moisturizer yeah yeah but yeah but that being said, I think it's a good show. I think it's, it's positive, and I'd want to watch more of it, yeah. Um, yeah, I was talking to a buddy of mine. We went to a soccer game together, and I was like, oh, so Mario, what have you been watching? And he was like, you know, actually, I've been really into Queer Eye. <laughs> like, yeah, isn't it great? And we just talked about it, because it's such a nice show. Okay. Um, the other thing I watched, which I watched the last 15 minutes uh, with you, mm-hmm. um, was Patty Cakes. It was so great. I cried multiple times it's t- when you were here and also when you weren't here. <laughs> <laughs> it can certainly elicit some tears. Oh, um, it's about, uh, she's 23, um, this Patty, and uh, her best friend, who they're just kind of outcasts in their New Jersey town. And they love hip-hop. They, they love, love hip-hop. He, they're both great. She's an amazing rapper and lyricist, and he's a great MC. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just kind of want to break out of their town and break into the business, but it's incredibly difficult to do. When you have no contacts, you don't know anybody. You got, yeah, you don't have money to work with. Like, yeah, and you're just trying to take care of things at home. Like, yeah. I gotta take care of my grandma, and like, I'm just trying to like work this job so I have enough money for gas. Your grandma's ill. They're 
Bill's bill collector's calling. Your mom's kind of an asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's sometimes supportive, but she also often is... Has a lot of her own problems. Right. She had her daughter, when she, Patty, when she was very young, so she's kind of bitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just how these kids, and they meet another person, Bob, who is the best, um, and just them trying to kind of maintain their lives, but also start their little rap careers. And it's also about just like the joy and wonder of like making something. Yeah. Where it's just, you know, and like, making something with friends and yes. Yeah. Like the desire, if you have the desire to create a thing or make a thing, and just the joy that can be wrought from that. And, and even also, just like the smallest victories are just like yeah. amazing and worth celebrating. And like the pain that can come from it too, where it's just like, I put my heart and soul on mm-hmm. this. I gave it to someone that like, you know, I respect so much. And then they just didn't even care. Dashing your dreams yeah. just with one, you know, a two minute interaction. And like the, the build to that, it's, it's really good. And just, I like it because it's about people that are trying to make something. Oh yeah. <laughs> and they're very relatable and, She's super likable right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Um, you immediately are like, yep, I totally know this person. She's awesome. She has a great relationship with her grandmother, which is adorable. Um, and, and, like, also, for me at least, like, growing up in New Jersey, like... Yeah, and it's set in New Jersey and you're from New Jersey. Yeah, it's, it just feels like, yes, this is very authentic, too. <laughs> like, the landscape of it, the setting of it, like, you know, the way people interact with each other, it's very much true to its nature. Um and also, outside of that, just the content of, like, the music. Like, it, the lyrics are really great. She's <laughs> so talented. It's yeah. ridiculous. I'm definitely going to end up buying that album. I already looked it up on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> there are songs on that that are really good. Like, when it's just her and Jerry on a car or whatever. That was so great. Like, it's just so well done. Like, it's just them rapping. At, but, like, it's just acoustic. Like, yeah. it's just hands on the hood of this car, yeah, like, yeah, making yeah. beats. And... It just flows so nicely and so easily and just feels so natural to see these two friends just, like, have a conversation and just rap. Like, it was one of my favorite movies of 2017. Agreed. It's it's fantastic. I wish it hadn't taken me so long to get it, but I have known issues getting around to watching dramas (laughs) because they make me cry. Um, But, yeah, it was... It was absolutely lovely. And yeah. um, and a lot of unknowns. Not like a lot of known people yeah, in it for the, the most part. The only person I recognize was uh, Bridget Everett, who did a great job. Yeah. She is like the most known actor in that, I would yeah. say. Um, and she's great. Like, And it all culminates. And, of course, their connection through music. Mm-hmm. Because she herself was a musician. Right, right, right. And, of course, you know, questions and doubts her daughter's ambitions mm-hmm. for music. Um, Don't say too much, Jason. I I won't say too much of what happens with all of that, but that's just a dynamic that plays in the movie. Um, and just yeah, seeing these people grow and seeing them work and really make something was it's pleasant. You cry with them when they there are problems and there are failures, and you cry with them when they succeed, and you're so happy because it feels of them. earned. It really yeah. does feel oh like you know God, every yeah. victory they have is earned. She works her ass off, and she's super talented. Mm-hmm. And everyone just puts her down everywhere she goes. So even just getting through the day-to-day with people shaming you for being overweight and shit, just it's just awful. Mm-hmm. And so you're just really pulling for her the whole time. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's a good movie. And just looking at the movie, like, will just make you feel like, oh, it's cold. Like, it's set, like, in the winter <laughs> of, yeah. like, whatever year they, they set it in. Um, there were fun, cute things that just reminded me of, like, just high school in certain ways, mm-hmm. like, in certain places, like... 
the, the entire way uh, Jerry dresses in that movie, <laughs> just like, man, take me back to 2005. This is fantastic. Did you see his outfit at the funeral? Yes. It looks just like Denzel from Training Day. It was amazing. It was fucking incredible. It is a subtle visual joke that, yes. that they don't go into. Nope. And it's, he's in the background. They don't, she doesn't talk to him. Nothing. But I was just like, is that the outfit from Training Day? Because <laughs> he's so serious, too. It just, oh, I died because it's such a serious thing. But, oh, God, it was funny as hell. But, yeah, uh, Patty Cakes, I super recommend it. Yes. Like, you will really enjoy it. And yes. I like, this is a movie I love introducing people who have never heard of it because most people, I feel, have not heard of oh, it. Oh, I had heard of it and I knew what it was about. I just hadn't, again, dramas oh. just takes me a while to get to it. Okay. But it was, I know it was, like, critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. Everyone who had seen it really enjoyed it. I don't know how it did box office-wise. I, I think it may have just, like, got lost in the shuffle there. because well, it's, yeah, this is a little independent film, so I yeah. doubt it even opened in many theaters. Yeah, I don't think it did at all. I think it did well at film festivals. Yeah, which it absolutely should have, I totally. think. Um, yeah, it was great. I definitely highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, but insofar as what we would have for each other for I next time. I never remember this part. I'm never <laughs> prepared. Wait, no, I wrote something down like ages ago. What do you have anything? I do something quick. Um, I talked, we talked about it last time. Mm-hmm. Um, abandoned on Hulu. Abandoned. Oh yeah. Um, I've just really fallen in love with that show this past summer. Um, and I would totally be into that. Yeah. If you just check out the first two episodes, it again feels in the, the vein of queer eye in the sense of like, this is someone just, not so much trying to fix what's gone wrong here, but really just taking into consideration the person and the people that live in these places. That lives in these, that live in these places. Kind of like an Anthony Bourdain of yes. places as opposed to food. Yes. Um, and just being very inquisitive, like, so what's it like here? Like, you know, given the nature of this now, this place that people have just forgotten about, you stayed. Why? Like mm. that kind of thing. But not being too inquisitive, not being too not being hard questioning. Weird nosy, just yeah. just caring and interested. Yeah. I'm like curious. let's yeah. hang out, talk, and wanna do some skateboarding back here. <laughs> <laughs> and where's your local skate park, please? <laughs> you don't have one. Well, that's a problem. I'll make one, don't worry. <laughs> are the are there any police around? Because these rails look pretty hot right now. <laughs> um did you ever watch Detroiters at all? I've never gotten to see a full episode of Detroiters. Okay, so that is my assignment for you. Okay. I bought it on Amazon. I bought the first season. Mm-hmm. And I think the, is it the third season is out right now. Okay. Or something. But So definitely at least watch a couple episodes. You have my login. Okay. Um, and watch a couple episodes of Detroiters because it's so fucking funny. Okay. There are, I follow them on Instagram and they'll have just like... Um, a couple of lines from the show and they're so funny mm-hmm. and I can't tell you about them because you haven't seen the show. <laughs> so I just need you to watch the show. I feel so disconnected from all the things happening in Comedy Central because I, I myself don't have cable necessarily. Yeah, same. So it's, they, they, they are making good things. Mm. It's just hard for me to like get in contact with yeah, them. Yeah, no, same. But yeah, Detroiters, I've, I, I love the theme song. I've I've told you about how I just want to see it. I know things about it yes. that are just like, that sounds hilarious. You are going to love it so much <laughs> because it is very, like, their attitudes are always so positive. These are two sweet. men that are in love with each they're other, I guess. The best but of best in friendship, friends. they're the best friends you yeah. could possibly imagine. And they're so supportive of each other. <laughs> it's, it, you will love it. I know you will. <laughs> I'm excited for you to watch it. 
Like, again, as I get older, solid, good friendships and things are you know, wonderful. Love seeing that. and friendship is the best. <laughs> friendships that last time and tribulations, yes, give that oh, to yeah. me. I enjoy it, and also it just makes me cry so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's so pathetic. Um, yeah. But yeah. Is. Good job, me, for remembering to do that. You, you got it in there. <laughs> but thank you for sitting with us in the, this, with this episode. Uh, we have our assignments. We will go and watch. We will observe. We will report. And we'll be back with you guys next time. Thanks. For Thank listening. you. Bye. And again, do the thing, you know, rate, review, subscribe, and all that stuff. So, bye. Later, bye. guys.